Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. And what is it that makes women healthy modern lovers? Let's talk about women today. There are more women than ever becoming business owners, yet We look at the stats, men are still dominating leadership roles, and according to recent data, women make up only 15.4% of all CEO positions, 33% of senior management roles, and we know that when we start looking at Fortune 500 companies, the numbers shrink much, much lower than that. And what is it that's necessary for women to grow up with the courage and the strength and to be prepared to break through the glass ceilings? Well, some of it has to come from the outside. We're looking at an unprecedented time around the world, as we all know, of women speaking up, hashtag Me Too, hashtag Time's Up, and all of the congressional hearings that are going on as we are speaking of women who are brave enough to speak out about sexual harassment and assault, which goes unreported. So how do we get strong women? Well, we have to raise strong daughters. And our guest today is uniquely, uniquely positioned to talk with us about all of the above and more. But first, I want you to know that here at Modern Love, Modern Love Radio, Modern Love Training, We're here to equip you with the best information to achieve your highest goals, be they love, be they prosperity, be they success out in the world. And I invite you to meet me in person at our Modern Love Training Center here in San Francisco. Visit me at www.drbrendaway.com. Go to Eventbrite and register for our upcoming October 13th live full day training where we bring science psychology and spirituality together for you to create the best success in those important areas of your life and we're going to focus on love and if you think your love life has nothing to do with your success in the world think again They are integrally linked. So let's go to our Ask Dr. Brenda question. Dear Dr. Brenda, my fiancé, whom my family loves, and I have been together about a year recently, my ex-girlfriend moved back to town, and I've not been able to shake the feeling that I should see her. She's always on my mind. I always thought of her as the one who got away. We broke up because her wild spirit did not match mine. We promised to reconnect after she was done traveling. Well, that was five years ago. I know I'm engaged, but I'd like to see her. I'm not sure if this is a good idea. Should I connect with the one who got away? I don't know if she feels the same. This is signed Torn in Tacoma. Oh, Torn in Tacoma. It is so easy to look back 
and think that the one who left must have been the one after five years. Now, I'm going to say this. Nope, I would not try to get back and see her. I would say to you, if she was interested in you, she'd have reached out to you, and over a five-year period, you're nurturing a fond fantasy. You're nurturing the what-if, and what-if isn't the basis of a healthy relationship. If you have found someone you care enough about to get engaged, to be married, your family loves her, then I would sit down and look deeply at your readiness to commit and what the fears are that are blocking you. Usually hanging on to the one who got away isn't about that one, it's about you. So you've got work to do, Torn. I would get to work right away on all of that before you tear up someone else's heart and life. Nothing to take lightly here. All right, let me tell you more about our guest today, award-winning author and filmmaker Kaylin Gao has been on the front lines of the women's empowerment movement for years, and she's going to share how she overcame discrimination and harassment despite the boys' club mentality of the book and the film industries, how well I know. And we've got a long way to go, don't we, Kaylin Gao? Welcome yeah. to the show. So Thank happy to have you me. with us. Oh, my goodness. Well, Kaylin's key for success is to make sure we raise strong daughters. And I know that you founded Sparkle Soup, Inc., and you're yeah. an internationally recognized director, filmmaker. You've sold over 5.5 million books. And you co-wrote those with your husband, which is even more interesting. So tell us a little about your journey, Kaylin. How did you grow up as a girl? Well, I, I was raised as the the eldest daughter of my uh my mother's side which really is uh, my mom is a strong woman and so being the eldest daughter amongst all my cousins and amongst my maternal side is pretty much like saying uh you're the leader here you're the role model everyone's going to follow you so wow so that's a lot of responsibility Absolutely, but it was great because I grew up with that mentality that I had always um, had that uh, instill in me to be a leader and to be to be the um, the one who has to overcome things. So everyone to make it easier for everyone else, like all my cousins, to follow along. Yeah, so I totally only- can relate to what you're saying. It's so funny because my mother is mm-hmm. the oldest in her family, and so mm-hmm. she was the leader. And I have five sisters and a brother. Oh. I'm number two in my family. So mm-hmm. I completely relate to that oldest daughter, even though I'm the number two daughter, needing mm-hmm. to be one of the ones who's leading and taking the responsibility. So for you, mm-hmm. being in that position, what parts of that were challenging for you as a young girl? Because I know there are a lot of challenges. I went through them. Well, that's a great question because I am um, I'm Asian, American. Um, I was raised with – I was raised in America, but I have – my parents came from, um, from Taiwan, and um, they have – pretty much the patriarchal society in a sense. Mm -hmm. And um, my grandmother was very much a homemaker type. And so growing up, 
we had it instill in us that the um, that the uh, this is kind of like the Chinese mentality of the little emperor. Uh-huh. <laughs> the, uh-huh. the male is the little emperor, but all that has all that has changed today, thank goodness, because yeah. there's less women out there than men, and the women are calling the shots. So because of that, and so, good, so good. That, well, that little emperor and, syndrome is something mm-hmm. you had to overcome because our society does still train women that mm-hmm. men have the power. And if a woman is powerful and speaks up, she's called the B word, she's called shrill, she's called balabusta, she gets all of these negative titles simply because people still can't. We saw that when Hillary Clinton ran for president. People cannot mm-hmm. accept a woman in a position of And many women mm-hmm. attack other women because it goes against those archetypes, the little emperor archetype. So mm-hmm. in what ways, now you especially in raising a strong daughter said what fathers should know. Well, fathers play a very important part in raising a girl because in our society, unfortunately, women, female, are taught to please men. Mm-hmm. Their mentality, psycho- psychologically, they're always trying to, to uh, please a man. Yeah, and I would even Over, say placate mm-hmm. because a lot of that pleasing a man thing came from placating in ancient times when women literally, you know, I'm talking about really ancient times when women had absolutely no power and they had to mm-hmm. live uh, off the man they were with. Even in, in cave times, the women mm-hmm. had to take care of the cave, but I think there was a sense that the role of women was so vitally important mm-hmm. in holding down the cave, but here we go. So how do, so Jerry, how do fathers play a role in changing that? Well, in my book, that whole cave mentality, mm-hmm. that is actually a myth. Um, I talk about some of the ancient civilizations and the findings that I found about women's uh, roles in society, and I found that women were a lot more empowered than what we now know. Um, yeah, which is really interesting because I think history has changed uh, some of what we've been taught about a woman's role uh, during the Middle Ages. And, and um, be, before that, women were actually very empowered to be landowners, to be business owners, to run, to run uh, the household. So they were really more empowered than we thought even in biblical times. Wow, so, that's very mm-hmm. interesting. So we need to know our history. Is that part mm-hmm. of what you go into in raising a strong daughter? Is a bit yes. of the history? Okay, I'm on it. I yes, have to get that book, Kaylin. Good. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. A little bit of the history of that, and also um, there are some examples of, of uh, women empowered in uh, the Greek times, Roman times, um, well, one then, of the myths, oh. one of the the great myths that's out there is the myth of Medusa. And mm-hmm. in my third book, Power Choices, I actually talk about Medusa, who was a queen. She was a priestess, warrior, Amazon queen. She was mm-hmm. a real person. So a lot mm-hmm. of these negative myths might be those women of power you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But you know what was really interesting is that Back then, people had placed 
women on a pedestal as goddesses and mm-hmm. as priestess. And so they put a lot of trust into a woman's power as to being the leader of the spiritual or of, of society, just leading people in a community. So we still have that, and um, we're just not so-called allowed to, to proclaim ourselves as, um, you know, it's a double standard. We can't say, it, it, oh. We know there's a double standard, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Women can't be, if they are very bold in their, um, like, oh, I did this, I did that, you're not allowed to boast about your achievements. Whereas mm-hmm. if a man boasts about his achievements, so-called boasting, it's called confidence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so wow, it's, it's interesting. Today. So for women, mm-hmm. it's called boasting. For men, it's called confidence. And there are mm-hmm. lots of those double standard words. So, Kaylin, you've also written books in other genres. You've written teen books, fantasy, science fiction, thrillers, mystery, romance, nonfiction, such as Kaylin Gao's mm-hmm. Go Girl Superfoods. What do all your books, which are so diverse, what do they have in common? They have in common the fact that the main character is a female and she's strong. And so I've written books that are in all the different genres that are traditionally uh, known to have women in the more uh, submissive role, but I've changed it so that they are empowered and they don't think about themselves as being empowered. They just go along with their lives and doing what they feel is right and propelled by their beliefs and also by their confidence in themselves. And so it's not a matter of them saying, oh, I'm an empowered woman. It's a matter of them realizing as a human being overall uh, what they it want is in who life they are as opposed it. to having mm-hmm. to define it. You're saying yes. this, this person just embodies, I love it, strong women. And now you've got a show called Kaylin Gow's Go Girl, and they're books from this show. Tell us about this show. You're doing so many things that just make me feel overjoyed as a woman, as a second daughter, as a mom of two daughters. I just love what you're about. Oh, I'm so glad that you have two daughters, too. Um, Well, the Go Girl show is is a show based on the book and also based on my life as someone who's got a philosophy to just go for it. Because I have been, when I was younger, um, throughout elementary school and high school, I was labeled as the shy one, which is kind of funny because I'm no longer shy. And <laughs> I never thought of myself as shy. That's so, interesting. It is Why funny. did they label so, you the shy one? That's so interesting. Because I was quiet. I was introspective and um, I had a lot going on in my mind. And that's why I love to write is because that, that's a way to um, express myself back then but that makes sense but I totally makes sense yeah but I also felt I was always confident but um but I didn't find myself uh needing to overly express myself and be the the you know center of attention as in when you're a child when you're in elementary school you want to be the attention getter so but um back then I was fine with just being quiet and so Wow. Now, what was it that caused you to really awaken and say, I need to talk about 
daughters growing strong, women growing up strong and independent. What was the turning point for you? Well, um, I have a daughter myself, and I am constantly, as a parent, I'm constantly worried about how she's going to grow up, how society's going to treat her. She's, uh, she's on a spectrum, and so mm-hmm. that's another issue that I have mm-hmm. to work through. And so I'm yeah. constantly thinking about being a parent. And um, I can't change society as a whole, but I can do my part in it um, as, as someone who can speak up and as an author and also as a filmmaker, producer. Mm-hmm. Um, this is my part in helping people understand that some of the, the images we have of women and some of the images we have of, um, of people with autism and people who are different – um, have to change. Because oh, my God. May I please together. say this? Mm-hmm. You are mm-hmm. completely right, and I have worked with many children. My first job was actually teaching in a classroom at the clinical training unit at the University of Washington where we had the first classroom for children with Down syndrome, and we were mm-hmm. able to prove that those children could learn through the eighth grade given a chance. Mm-hmm. And prior to that, the philosophy was, oh, they're basically throwaway kids. And what I know from having worked with those children, children on the spectrum, children with many kinds of special traits, is that every child, every human being has their own genius. And when parents come to me with their children, I just say, what's your child's genius? And they're like, "Well, well, what do you mean? I said, every child has a genius. One family said, well, our child loves animals. I said, guess what? that there is animal genius. It's one of the 12 geniuses. You pursue that and support him with that. And guess what he's doing today? He's a teenager, 19. He has a job working on a ranch with animals. He's an animal genius. Everybody Mm -hmm. has genius. So I'm sorry, I just had to jump in there with both feet. So, Kaylin, turning a sharp, different direction here, Mm -hmm. what do you see as the future for girls who are growing up now, women now because of the Me Too movement and because of what is going on as we speak with women who are coming forward finally and talking about what we call the silent crimes. Silent because the woman is shamed and blamed if she dares to speak up about these sexual crimes. Absolutely. Um the women today who are speaking out are very brave still because they're getting some backlash. Even though mm-hmm. we are we're in the age of social media and it's easy for us to have, you know, all these clicks of likes, clicks of unlikes and, you know, instant feedback for what you put out there. Uh, being able to speak up still takes courage. And uh, the future for the Me Too movement and for women would be that we are making a change in all the world because it's happening all over the world uh, for God. people to realize that uh, some of the behaviors that the uh, perpetrators are doing are not okay. And also it is opening the eyes of people to realize that uh, they have to, changed her ways and society has to take women more seriously uh, especially when they are the when they're coming forth like this 
Yeah. Uh, there's still some people who are saying, oh, they made things up and, you know, they're mistaking, like, uh, you know, something innocent for something more. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, minimizing, minimizing a sexual crime, mm-hmm. minimizing a woman's complaints, that even happens not just in the courtrooms or in congressional mm-hmm. hearings, it even happens in doctor's offices. You know, the research mm-hmm. shows that when women speak up, Women are not taken seriously. Doctors are more likely to misdiagnose a woman and not take what she says seriously. So we have a ways to go here. Now, as a mom, as someone who is a filmmaker and as a, a, an author, you have really taken the lead saying we have to make girls stronger so they grow up to be stronger women. If you were giving mm-hmm. advice right now to a mother or a father raising a daughter, what would you say? I would say to the father or the mother that raising a daughter takes work and not to just let it happen. Because some, I know some parents are just pretty much like, oh, kids will be kids, and they take a hands-off approach. It really, uh, for instance, Raising a Strong Daughter, What Fathers Should Know, the book, we actually, my husband and I co-wrote this because it was important for me to bring in my husband's um, part in this since he's the father. And so, and he's also an attorney who happens to have worked with sexual harassment cases. Oh, so, interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he knows a lot about that part and how to think about it from both sides, the victim side and also from the corporation side or business side. And so he wrote some some part of it on the legal issues that could happen with um, any of that and what to take. So there are steps in actually raising a daughter to be more aware of her own uh, safety and of her own rights. Which is a shame that we have to teach girls mm-hmm. that they have to make themselves safe. Our culture should guarantee the safety of women and girls. But as you said, we have to go that extra step. It's the same as teaching mm-hmm. kids of color. They have to look over their shoulder, that the police are not their friends, that they have to keep themselves no. safe. You know, there's so much here. But now, fruit. finally, we mm-hmm. only have a few minutes left. You also wrote a book mm-hmm. on bullying for mm-hmm. teens, and this relates to harassment in the workplace also. Personally, have you been bullied? Um, I've been cyberbullied through um, being an author, which is funny um, because, um, and it's mainly because um, social media is so easy for people to go on there anonymously and just um, post whatever they're feeling. And so if, if they disagree with what you wrote or if you, um, if you happen to be um, someone who they think is a rival of their favorite author, they attack you or something like that. that happened to me early on when um when I started writing YA teen books and um I was one of Amazon's first um indie published authors and um was very successful was always in the top 100 and uh, best selling 100 teen books out there and um displacing a lot of the um the Y18 books that are traditionally published mm-hmm. out there. So, so I was kind of the scapegoat and, and was blamed oh. for 
some of the demise of traditional publishing. Now, how did you um, deal with the being bullied? What, what's the advice you would give for somebody being bullied? I wish we had more time. We have to have you back. But uh, mm-hmm. what would you say is the best advice for someone who's being bullied? Well, whether it's cyberbullying or just being bullied in person, you have to stand up for yourself. You have to believe in yourself, surround yourself with people who are supportive, but also with the bullies. In my case, I confronted them. I also like let them know that I, I'm aware of what they're doing, and most of the time the bullying has stopped. And um, yeah. as far as teenagers... Bullies don't like it when you go right in and show yeah. them you have power. So with teenagers, Definitely. you're saying you get the last word here. Okay. With teenagers, it is so important for them to, ha- for all teenagers to be aware when someone's being a- being bullied to help st- help them stand up. Teenagers are more guided by their peers, and so it's not just about being alone. Everyone should stand up to the bully, and especially the person being bullied. Don't be afraid to speak out because. And don't be afraid to stand up. Good. Well, everyone, you're hearing it it here from Kaylin Mm -hmm. Gao, the author of Raising a Strong Daughter, What Fathers Should Know, written with her husband. And she deals with empowering daughters. And we need to make sure that whether you're a father or a mother or a grandparent, aunt or an uncle, grab that book because every one of us has a girl in our lives somewhere. And I'm going to thank you again, Kaylin Gao, for being with us now. Her website, everybody, and, you know, we believe in books on this show. You run and get that book and check out everything else, this amazing mom, woman of the world, businesswoman, author, filmmaker, producer is up to because she's up to a lot of good things. Her website is www.kaylin, that's K-A-I-L-I-N, Gao, G-O-W, all one word, dot com. Easy to find. I know you can find her in bookstores everywhere and on Amazon. We'll have you back, Kaylin. Lots more to talk about. My final word on this, everyone, is out of the 4,000 top performing corporations in the world, the top 10% have one thing in common. They have at least 50% leadership by women. The country in the world that is rising the fastest in the underdeveloped world is, of all places, Rwanda, and 50% of their leadership is women. That says something about women power. All right, everyone. Yeah, lots of love, Mm -hmm. lots of light to all of you. Be with you next week here on Modern Love Radio. Go to Eventbrite. I'll see you October 13th for a full-day training. Thank you to LeGrand Green, our executive producer, to Cliff Dunning, our associate producer, and to our special guest today, Kaylin Gao. Blessings. Thank you.